You're listening to the Palmetto Report. I'm Kiera Savage, and we're joined by Dr. Takita Sumter. Dr. Sumter is the Dean of the College of Arts and Sciences, and Dr. Sumter is also a professor of chemistry here at Winthrop. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Sumter. How did you get to where you are today? Well, um, I first took an interest in science because I actually have a relative who's a chemist. Um, I liked chemistry when I was in high school, um, but I did not want to do exactly what she did. So I chose pharmacy. Um, It was not what I should have been doing. Chemistry was. So somehow I found my way back to chemistry probably around the second or third year of college and finished a chemistry degree. Liked it a lot, um, especially time in the lab. And so I um, started to think about what I would do. And so right after graduation, because I didn't really have a plan, I went right into graduate school. Um, I first started as a student in medicinal chemistry and published a couple papers there, but then I figured out that biochemistry was more my speed. Um, So I switched labs and did a PhD in biochemistry. Um, After that, I did a postdoc because I still liked it. Um, So I went to um, Johns Hopkins. I had been an enzymologist just doing basic um, more on the biophysical side of chemistry when I was in grad school, but I wanted to be um, I wanted to be kind of a homegrown molecular biologist and physical biochemist. So I did a PhD in molecular biology. Got there, realized I mean a postdoc in molecular biology. Realized I didn't know anything really about molecular biology. I really knew physical biochemistry, so I had to learn molecular biology by osmosis. Um, Every night after I got home from a full day in the lab, I had to kind of dig and dig and dig to make sure I knew what I was doing for the next day. Um, During that time, we did, I needed research that mattered. Um, And so we were working on a cancer mouse model for leukemia. Um, And I developed a mouse that basically, when it had the protein that I was studying in it, it developed uh, a lymphoma and a leukemia. And so part of my job was to characterize that we wrote a paper on that, and then um, I realized during that time that it wasn't as fun as it was when I was in graduate school. And the thing that was missing was, as a postdoc, I just had all these texts working with me. And so our goal was just to get the publications done. There were really um, not that many students in the lab. And I realized that what I really had enjoyed about the lab wasn't the research, but it was the students and this research with students. So I started to look for a job that would give me the opportunity to do research, but do it with students. And so um, Winthrop at the time happened to be launching a molecular biomedical research initiative. And um, we had this kind of fun mouse model. Um, We don't have a mouse facility at Winthrop. And so um, we figured out ways to partner with USC to be able to take, you know, pieces of a mouse model that they had and see if our protein was part of that. And so I've had any number of research students who've worked on that work. Many of them have published published papers. Um, and, and I think that that has been the most fun part. Um, the bonus work had been teaching um, because you can kind of, identify students who don't expect to love chemistry. You bring them into the lab and they realize that they do love chemistry. Um, So that's been kind of fun. And um, I somehow 
about two years ago fell into an administrative role and ended up being the interim dean. Um, so when the provost was appointed, who was dean at the time, uh, the faculty asked if I would come back and serve as dean. Um, so that started in July. Um, not necessarily a role that I would have pursued, but certainly a role that I would accept if I knew that I had the support of the faculty. Um, I still have science at my heart, um, so I kind of catch myself being a scientist when I shouldn't be a scientist. I should be a dean of arts and sciences. Um, and so that's where we are. Did you have many professors that looked like you when you were going through your undergrad and graduate studies? If so, how did that impact you? I, I, I don't think I recall a time when I've ever had a faculty member of color in front of the classroom. Um, now, definitely high school, you know, they weren't scientists, but they were like, you know, good teachers. Um, but not undergrad and not graduate school and definitely not postdoc. Um, what I did have was a few graduate students that were a couple years ahead of me. Um, who kind of walked me through the process and reminded me that it was definitely doable and that it was, and, but I had also professors that were not of color who understood me um, and they took an interest in me. So there was, um, my PhD advisor actually um, told me, he said, Takeda, if you get this degree, you will be able to write your own ticket. And so every position that I've negotiated, he's kind of coached me through and reminded me, you know, not to just accept what they offer, to ask for more, um, no matter what your stage is in life. And so, so I think that, you know, I didn't necessarily need people of color. I just needed people that cared. Um, and so I don't think that they have to look like me um, in, as, a, as a rule. Um, but does it help? Yes. Um, and so now in my career, I've been able to find that through friends. Um, but most of my mentors are still usually white men. Um, and that's okay, um, because I, knew, I know that they have my best interests at heart. During that time, did you sometimes feel like you were alone? Or did you get discouraged along the way? Oh, yeah. Um, th there's something in academics that people refer to as imposter syndrome. And so you kind of feel like at some point these people are going to figure out that I don't deserve to be here and it's going to be a done deal. Um, I think that that is a genuine part of just career trajectory and life. Um, and at some point I think I thought it was true. Now I'm at a point in my career where I understand that it's just kind of part of the package. And so you just kind of accept it for what it is. You own it because you use it to inspire you, um, and you just kind of deal with it. Um, one of my friends who was a graduate student, she was a woman of color, and she told me that her kind of driving force was that she could not fail. Like, you know, what she could not do was fail because they had not yet been exposed to a woman of color. Um, and so if she failed, that would probably make it difficult for women to come behind her. Um, and so I think that sometimes that can be your inspiration. But yeah, of course, you're going to feel like you fail and you're going to feel like you're failing. But I think overcoming that and being excellent is probably what's most important. According to Forbes.com, only 2.9% of African-American women earn STEM degrees. What exactly do you think could be done to increase this number? I think that diversifying collegiate classrooms um, is important. But I think what's more important is really 
working at the middle school level. Um, usually kids make decisions about what they're going to be and what their shortcomings are, usually between the 11 and 13. Um, by the time you get to high school, you've decided either I'm going to be a doctor, or I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that, but you've definitely decided what you're not going to do. Elementary kids love science. They get excited about it. You talk about rain, you talk about metamorphosis. They are just excited. Something happens in that middle school year. So I feel like if there were more focus and resources invested in middle school time to make the science and math enterprise, you know, more appealing, more amenable to students, um, if we were nurturing and we kind of walked away from this mindset of those who can and those who can't, um, I think that that would probably make a much more impactful difference than thinking about college and graduate school, but more thinking about that middle school population. What exactly is Winthrop doing to increase the amount of women of color in the arts and sciences department? Mm. Um, I'm a strong advocate for um, diversity in STEM because, um, and this is important, if you have a number of people from a variety of back backgrounds working on key ideas like how to treat diseases, how to improve life, then you are going to come up with a much more broad set of solutions. Um, you know, different people think creatively, they bring more experiences to the table. And so there's a research model where like people have um, bacteria in their gut, right? And so they talk about how that bacteria in the gut can sometimes cause certain or predispose you to certain diseases. Well, the bacteria makeup for someone who's from a low-income background um, or who's from an ethnic group who eats something very different than mainstream population would look very differently. But you would ignore that data set if you don't have scientists that understand that everybody doesn't eat the same thing, everybody doesn't behave the same way. And so I think that it is important because we cannot, as a country, be on the forefront of science and technology if we don't think about how that science and technology improves all people. Um, and so what Winthrop, I think, has been doing in the past few years, I actually started this well before I was ever a dean, was um, I worked with a group of people who've been trying to increase the number of students who will pursue doctorates. Um, and so we take chemistry, biology, exercise science, computer science, and math majors um, who come from underserved populations. So that can be low income, it can be minority, it can be um, first gen. Um, and we offer a bridge, so they come to campus for six weeks. It's boot camp. They take two classes. Um, we don't even let them do anything other than worship without us. Um, mom and dad can pick them up on designated weekends, but not every weekend. Um, and so there is a schedule. They are hours for six weeks. And what that does is kind of helps them understand what it takes to survive here. Um, then they go home, take vacation, they come back in the fall, we monitor their grades every two weeks, um, we send updates home to mom and dad, and we coach them about undergraduate research. We try to get them involved in undergraduate research from as early as their sophomore year. So we ask them to apply nationally, like don't just be a big fish in a small pond, 
go to Minnesota, do whatever, and then come back to us. And um, that program has been very successful. Um, we've had a number of students who've gone on to do doctorates, either MDs, PhDs, um, a doctor of physical therapy, and um, they've won national awards. And we have a 92% of those students that we've served over the past nine years have stayed at Winthrop and completed a degree. So, so it's a really good program. And one of the things I'd like to do is think about elements of that program that could be spread across the college, but that's what we do for our STEM students. So it has been noted on the department tab page that the College of Arts and Sciences has the most diversity amongst all departments at Winthrop University. So could you tell me exactly how many women of color are in the department currently and how do those numbers measure up against other departments? We have a number of women of color across departments. In STEM, um, we have two African-American women, me and um, a hired biologist. Um, we have one physicist who is from Africa, but who probably would not ca classify herself as African-American. And then one African-American male, but we typically are pretty short um, on our women in STEM. Um, we have a number of women of color across STEM, and I think that that's an important kind of piece to think about because, you know, underrepresentation as defined by the National Institute of Health and the National Science Foundation um, identifies a few specific populations as those that are not well represented across the discipline. Um, I'm pretty sure that the last time I looked at the number, it was less than 1% of the doctorates that are held um, in PhDs um, were held by people of color in STEM. So, you know, based on their underrepresentation class. So we really have a hard time attracting those faculty to our programs because there really aren't that many to choose from. Um, so we're doing a lot of things, like we're bringing back, there's a Winthrop alum at the University of Minnesota who is coming back next fall to give a talk. Um, she is an associate professor of kinesiology, um, but she had her biology degree from Winthrop in, I don't know, 1998 or something like that. But because she has been so successful and because she will model for her students kind of what the doctorate path will look like, we're going to bring her back and have her do a talk for us all. I have one final question. Dr. Lashardé Brown mentioned to me during her interview that one of her main reasons for joining the Winthrop community was the interactions that she had with you. Um, could you tell me a little bit about you guys' relationship, if you guys have one? Um, well, so we met in 2017. She had come to Winthrop to give a seminar because she was a postdoc at MUSC. Um, I wasn't sure what her career trajectory was going to um, entail, but once she applied for our um, vacancy last year, um, I was the vice provost for faculty affairs at the time. So I had a responsibility to interview her on behalf of the provost's office. Um, and I think that what I've learned about her is that she's an amazing scientist. Um, I think that she loves Winthrop and she loves teaching <laughs> already. Um, and so I think she's just going to be a good fit for us. Um, the other piece that's been very interesting is that um, there are one or two people in the national biochemistry profile 
she was at Virginia Commonwealth. And I know a few people at Virginia Commonwealth um, very well who also knew her very well. So we have not yet had an opportunity to spend time together since she's been here. But certainly um, I'm one of her biggest fans as I am for a number of the new faculty because, you know, once you get them here, you really want them to succeed. You want to see them do well because you know um, that they have the student's best interests at heart. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. That was Dr. Sumter. Thank you for joining us. Dr. Sumter is the Dean of the College of Arts and Sciences, and she was here talking about the lack of women of color in STEM fields. For the Palmetto Report, I'm Kiara Savage.